Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to an unusual. Interesting. Interesting. Unusual. (laughs) Sophisticated. And good luck with this one. Episode of FNO InsureTech. We have Ahab Ajaz back for episode two to talk all about crypto. What the heck is this? Yeah. What does it mean? Where is it going? And this is for all you people like me who don't know so much. And we're going to talk about crypto. We're going to talk about blockchain. We're going to talk about distributed ledgers. We're going to talk about transparency. Someone took a few notes. Yeah. Well, I'm just reading off my uh, vast notes that I made for this particular podcast. We're going to talk about it all. Right. And so if you're in my camp... And that's mm-hmm. the camp is, I understand a dollar bill, mm-hmm. but I don't understand crypto. You're going to want to listen to this. Yeah, this is this is like saying I understand a dollar bill, but all the stuff behind it, you know, all the stuff that actually makes up that dollar, we're going to get to learn about that here with the Bitcoin. I mean, this is not a college lecture on Bitcoin. This not is a, at all. Hey, let me tell you a little bit to get you interested. Right. And that way you can at least talk about it at parties. Right. And it's it's something that I can understand that you can understand. And mm-hmm. also, we talk a little bit about Ahab and how cool it is that he's on the cutting edge of all this crazy stuff that, you know, more than half the world still doesn't have any concept of what it is. Right. And and we um, really hope we really hope you've already listened to his podcast right. all about breach. If you haven't, make right. sure you do afterwards. Right. But he is on the cutting edge of insuring crypto and theft of crypto. And and that's something that didn't exist before he started. And I think that's really cool. I bet a lot of you out there didn't even know you could steal crypto. Well, <laughs> you can. Yeah. Wow. So, anyways, uh, without further ado. Here is our episode about crypto, not about insure tech, but about crypto. As we're doing this as a public service to people who are slow, like me, or people who aren't slow, like me. And so here's our episode. Hey, everybody, we are back with our friend Ahab in an attempt to talk about crypto and come to some level of understanding about it for people like me right who have literally none other than i've heard of it i read about it it's all over the news and everything i know it's a big deal but i don't actually understand what it means in the inner workings of it and so for those of you who are like me you want to keep listening for those of you who say oh i know more about crypto than anybody you can wait for our next episode is that fair to say, Lee? Sure, but I, I think it's always a good idea to listen. Somebody might learn something. Well, in that case, everybody listen. So welcome back, Ahab. Thank you for being with us again. And um, we're going to jump right in. And let's just talk about this crazy thing. So let's start with 
level setting on a definition that that makes sense. And that is, what is cryptocurrency? Or can I even ask that question? You can ask it. It's a digital representation of an asset. Like what that means for different use cases, I think varies. So it could mean a thousand different things, literally, because it could be you know, in the form of art, it could be in the form of a contract, it could be in the form of a security, it could be in the form of a commodity. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's just a digital representation of something that has some kind of value. Um, and that value could mean, as I said, a, a bunch of different things. <clears throat> so does that mean it's backed up by something? Typically technology or a representation of something. But yeah, I think it should have, I think most cryptocurrencies should have the backing of some kind of utility. I would say that's probably what it's backed by, uh, some kind of utility. Um, kind of like, you know, question you could ask is, and I kind of shared this last time, is are airline miles backed by anything? They're, they're mm -hmm. backed by a product that, you know, gives you some kind of reward mechanism to be able to utilize those points or miles for something. Um, and I think that's a great analog for what crypto, I think, will evolve into being for, for, for layman's like, like us. So they're backed by a system in that case. System utility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whenever we're talking about cryptocurrency, you went a little more broad than I even thought about. So cryptocurrency can be what we all know of as Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's a big one out there. But then we also have those NFTs or digital art, right? Digital things. Is that also considered cryptocurrency? Yeah. And I think cryptocurrency assets, I think assets. Is, is, is the further like description. That's probably a pretty important one. Uh, but yeah, I, for me, I mean, you, you could ask somebody else that says, no, that's not cryptocurrencies or just Bitcoin, ETH, just and the coins, or the coins that are listed. But I think the, the world that's being built here, the infrastructure that's being built here uh, is, yeah, there are these vast crypto assets and they come in different forms with, 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 with varying utilities. Why is there cryptocurrency? Why does Bitcoin even exist? You know, to me, my understanding has been to really help with a lot of the inefficiencies that exist in our started with financial services. What you and I see is credit card and the ability to spend it in places. And I think that works. But then when you like and, and we think it's really efficient. But then when you when you peel back the onion, you're like, man, there's like settlements, there's, yeah. there's credit card processors, there's credit card companies like Visa and MasterCard, and then there's the banks, and then there's, there's like, so it's like tremendously inefficient, and there's a lot of mouths to feed, and that's why we pay so much for credit card fees. It's why we earn so little in our savings accounts, and I think the whole premise around it, what, what, what the foundation around it, to me at least, was, you know, creating a true peer-to-peer, -peer, very, very efficient network uh, that allows people like us in this, uh, in this call um, um, or podcast to be able to disintermediate, you know, all these intermediaries, even if it's just one, inter even if it's just one intermediary, right. The goal is to disintermediate all of them. Uh, and yeah. let me. So like if I was to buy, uh, your, your Tesla from you, cause I know you have two of them. So <laughs> well, I, I don't have any, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a poor founder. <laughs> Just grieving, just in the grieving. future, in the future, I could buy it with Bitcoin. That's the idea. Yeah, exactly. As long as I find value in it. 
Mm-hmm. Which isn't that really the definition of currency, right? As long as the other person agrees that it's worth something, it's worth something. Call it a transaction. Call it bartering. You could barter, right? Like we, we do that on Craigslist. Like I'm going to give you this, you know, awesome oak table that, you know, has been passed down from family to family for that lawnmower that I really need right now. Like it's like, is that a currency? It's debatable. It's a, it's a yeah. mode of trade. So... Who issues cryptocurrency? That's what gets me like, like dollars. I can understand dollars. uh, We not arguing the value of a dollar, but dollars are issued by the United States by an arm of the United States government. Right. So theoretically, the United States government stands behind a dollar. Who issues crypto and who stands behind it? Or does that even matter? You know, I'm going to take this to like the 60 yard line. And I'm going to encourage everybody to go out there and and, and build on that and and really decide for themselves. But like, you know, what we should start with is, you know, Bitcoin. Um, There is this anonymous person that we still, we still don't know who it is, a person, an individual, uh, an entity uh, named Satoshi Nakamoto that, you know, created a technology you know, blockchain, peer-to-peer network where that allows, that created 21 million of these Bitcoins. And the whole point around that, why and why there's a case that it isn't a security um, because there's a finite amount of them. You can never create more. It's more of a commodity if, with, with a finite number of these assets. And the use case is you know, transacting, peer-to-peer transacting. The room, that was like, you know, the, the mother or the father of, of cryptocurrencies. And there's been a number of others um, with, with varying use cases. And I think the, uh, the knock on or, or, or the nuance, not even the knock, the nuance is that they come with their own, you know, minting um, rules. Yeah. And, and, and they can be more minted. I think that the idea, though, is that there is this... But still, what's I think what's somewhat consistent is that this is a centralized body um, that isn't a you know corporation that typically it's typically some kind of foundation that that controls um, how they can be minted, you know how they can how people can prove that transactions took place and whatnot. Um, but those rules are set by a centralized body. Um, a fa- or a foundation, uh, and typically it's it's who's minting them or validating the transactions. Help me understand mining. So you always hear that you're having to mine this this currency. The Bitcoin has to be mined, and there's a fixed number of Bitcoin, for example, out there, but they're not all found or they're not all dug up virtually. And so, how does somebody mine Bitcoin? Computing power, uh, they 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 have computing power that's able to say, um, Lee wants to send Rob, you know, X Y Z amount of Bitcoin. Um, that it can only take place once a network of these miners have been able to prove that that transaction is actually taking place, um, and that happens with utilizing computing power. I think the case behind the security and everything around it is that around Bitcoin and the viability of it is that it, it, it burns energy because energy is one of these things that is valuable. And, and that is what in a weird way creates the value of these Bitcoin crypto assets. 
uh, is that you're burning it to create some of it that then pays the miners because they're validating the transaction between Lee and Rob. It pays them for their work. It's like you, 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 you pulled your weight in, in confirming that this transaction took place. So of the amount that's left to mint, which is I think like three or 4 million, mm-hmm. like the, and it's like decreasing because the value, I mean, it's like, you know, supply and demand kind of thing. I think that's kind of like naturally how it's taking place is like, as time goes, you can, you're minting a smaller and smaller fraction of a, of a Bitcoin um, to validate those transactions. And then each one takes more energy, right? As you go, it's harder. And I don't really understand the whole computing. Is it just answering a bunch of questions or is it just moving through all the Bitcoins to make sure? I don't really understand that. I haven't done it myself, but there's software. There's like actual Bitcoin software. Oh, is it really? It has to be run on the mining servers or mining um, uh, computers. I don't think there's anything manual that's actually taking place. It's, I think it's the software that's doing that work, but I see. It, it uses energy and the internet to be able to do that. Help me understand blockchain. You mentioned it before. <laughs> blockchain. You've been is, trying to is, figure out blockchain for three years. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> can I start by asking you to your what your understanding of it is, and then we can kind of build from there. Because my, I'll be I'll be honest, like I don't think I'm the best person to explain it. I I, I never have. And well, blockchain is a critical part of crypto, right? So why? What is it, Lee? Lee, you want to build on that? <laughs> I don't know all that much, but I believe it's more of a transparent way of doing. Uh, transactions, right? It, it allows everyone, everything to be transparent and it's supposed to stop things from, from cheating and fraud. And so like a Bitcoin, right? You buy a Bitcoin on blockchain, you're supposed to be able to see that. The whole group is supposed to be able to see the transaction to keep everyone in line and to keep everyone honest. That's my, my at a high level, understanding of it. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. You know, it's different machines talking. I went yeah. to a conference one time and Bitcoin was like, not Bitcoin, uh, blockchain was the first. It was almost like a network. I connected to Rob, Rob connected to Ahab, and then I could see all those. I could see those transactions growing. And then everyone is in my network that I just started with Rob uh, because it was blockchain. It was big, like a big spider web just kept going out. That's to my understanding. A distributed ledger enforced by a desperate network of computers that is completely public and transparent like we're seeing if if JP Morgan and Goldman were both transacting and loan was being borrowed or repaid it would all be very public and none of these behind closed doors or yeah. if, if if a company was hacked and and a wallet was drained of its assets, it would be very public. Um, if I am laundering money, if I am, you know, you know, abusing my power and 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 spending money that I don't have, whatever it may be, it's all very public. I think it's to your point, it's, it's peer-to-peer mm-hmm. at its core, it's a peer-to-peer network that gets validated by you know anonymous an anonymous community uh, that gets compensated for for doing that work. Um, but the whole second 
side of the equation is that it's completely transparent. There's like blockchain explorers that you can actually like search transactions and you can see what wallets and there's like really interesting um, advanced forensic tools out there that can show that Rob has got this main wallet, but he's got these like six or seven secret wallets that are connected like all over the place. And he's trying to be sneaky and transfer money and assets here and there, but it's, and I think that's part of the, part of what scares people. It's like, wow, like this is, I can't really, you know, just hide what my Venmo payments are anymore. Um, it's, it's, it's all quite public out there. Um, yeah. Is Venmo blockchain? No, it is not. Okay. So the advantage is the transparency. Yes. And I would think that a lot of people would be very uncomfortable with that. You mean people knowing how much money yeah, yeah. they Just have? Or? You can watch my financial life happen. I mean, there's like off-chain tools as well, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. If Coinbase were to be my bank, the initial transaction that I make to Coinbase is public. Um, because you could see like what my wallet is sending Coinbase's wallet. From that point onwards, um, it's effectively like fidelity or whatnot. I can, mm-hmm. I could be buying, selling crypto assets, um, and it would all happen off chain. You're not wrong. Uh, but I think there are a significant amount of people out there that, although it's uncomfortable, I think for, they believe that it's better for everybody, particularly the, the little person when everybody has to kind of be transparent and, and what, what their true incentives are it's more so like i don't know just just sometimes you see i think uh, i think the thing that comes to mind for me is like sometimes you see politicians lobby for one thing but Mm -hmm. you know trading that same stock on the other side uh right it's interesting i think that that a lot of those kind of things come to light when 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 everything has to be so does this transparency help you with breach with breach insurance absolutely yeah yeah as we're insuring crypto that's held custodied you know, in the event that there was a massive hack event, um, there would be this on-chain transaction where, where crypto assets would be would be bled. Uh, but absolutely, for our for our core product, um, for sure. And for your forensic, you know, after the fact. Yep, that's that's why I referenced it exactly. You get to see what wallets are tied to one another. It's it's really fascinating. Is crypto safe? Like, and I think in definition, it's safe. Isn't it when, when the wallets start being shared, is that when the, you know, if it's just one wallet, uh, you have all that. But whenever you go to these big databases, big exchanges, that's where, that's where it's important to have the insurance, right? Yeah. I think all over the board, I think, I actually think that the exchanges, um, are safer personally. Okay. Everyone should do their own research, but I think the the exchanges are, are a little bit more safer, um, than custodying yourself because there's a lot of like the social engineering stuff that happens. People, there's something that I read this morning that somebody sent uh, a PDF to somebody and it, it, it was, it had a virus like embedded into the PDF, which I personally didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And, you know, I've been, you know, I get LinkedIn messages a lot from like people trying to send me service, sell me services and uh-huh. that one and it. And I don't click any links. Like 
if, if I don't recognize the person like personally, and even sometimes when I do recognize a person I'll yeah. on the side of like, Hey, like, was this you? Like, are you sending? So point of me saying all that was, you know, these exchanges have become very sophisticated and, and the ones that are well capitalized, the ones that haven't been very reckless about their, their own trading and lending activities, I think are just gen- generally safer for me, for my, for my life, for how much time I can invest in hygiene in, in this world. Um, because when you're custodying yourself and you have to just really be thinking three, four steps ahead and how you want to, you know, protect your seed phrases and your private keys, my, where you want to store your keys and your seed phrases and uh, your passwords, should they exist? It's, it's a like, lot. I, I don't trust myself. <laughs> no, I can't remember my password yeah. I set this morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Help me understand the value side of this. So you can buy Bitcoin right now today. I'm just looking $20,556.90. Let's just say $20,000. And I see that on November 8th, it was sixty-seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Mm-hmm. Why is that? That makes it feel like it's a like it's a stock or something, an asset that you know fluctuates in value due to the asset that it's representing or backing. How? Why? Why does it have a price and why does it fluctuate? Um, just like anything that has you know supply and demand, um, people that want to buy, people that want to sell. Um, it will fluctuate. And I think what's happened in the last six or eight months has been, you know, nothing short of catastrophic for, for, you know, all investing sectors, um, right. including tech, particularly tech stocks and crypto is, is I think no exception to that. I think it, a lot of folks, and I, I, I actually believe so that it is very much not correlated with, with stocks, but still when, People are in pain, financial pain. They look for comfort. It's like, where am I going to get that from? Uh, I've made some money on Bitcoin. Let me let me let me recoup that because right. I'm putting here on my Amazon stock or my Tesla stock. So this is I can't lose this because this is my retirement or my kid's wedding or, or college fund or whatever that might be. So I think that's how it's correlated because everything in assets. I mean. The only thing that hasn't been impacted yet has been, I think, real estate. But I think that those are things that that's probably going to come too because it's just a longer sales cycle. It's not as liquid; you can't just sell it on a market, right? And also, I think at sixty-seven thousand, every single person at that point had made money on crypto. Yeah, so think about it from that standpoint. If that's the all-time high, right? There's right. nowhere but down when there's a massive liquidity crunch and people are in pain. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm up, I'm selling this thing. So the only people at that point that are losing money are the people that bought within the last month, which is a very small fraction um, of, of individuals. So I think it's just, I think the whole, the whole story is an important one to kind of like, I think recognize. Uh, but I think it's also like, there's been a lot of, and that's like macro, like crypto specific. There's been a lot of um, unfortunate things that have taken place, um, you know, as it relates to, you know, certain stable coins, uh, you know, you know, certain lending activities, um, um, scams and whatnot. Um, and, but I think that like the, the most important takeaway for me is that there's been a tremendous amount of infrastructure that continues to be built. Um, and as scary as 
this market in general is where, you know, I started this company in the middle of the first like crypto winter, maybe some say the second crypto winter in like 2019. Yeah. Man, like market cap for all of crypto was like under a hundred billion dollars. You know, investors were like, is crypto dead kind of thing. And like, you're not hearing that. Like instead in June, you know, I think Charles Schwab Fidelity, I think, and another company, there's like three, three major asset managers, custodians that came out and said that they're building a platform for traditional secure brokers. So, yeah. so to be able to, to distribute crypto and um, invest in crypto for the masses. And it's due to come out by the end of this year, beginning of next. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that are happening. And I think the other thing is that the infrastructure is, is dating itself. It's like our rails and our highways uh, in, in, in this country. It's a lot of, there, there needs to be uh, some modernization of, of our equities market. Nobody knows, you know, a, a company stock uh, could be bought and sold on 10 different platforms, but are they selling more than it exists? We saw this, right? right? How do you fix that? And I think a lot of people are looking at like, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a settlement issue. There's a, there's a lot of issues that are happening. Like, but how do you do that? Oh, you, maybe if you have it on a transparent ledger. Transparency, absolutely. So these aren't my words. Like these are, these are like, I think the themes that I'm personally starting to see with friends of mine that are building companies that are getting invested in and investors that are finding themes. And what you're seeing is everybody has a crypto angle now. Everybody yeah. on Wall Street, everybody um, um, in the equities market now has like some kind of bend into crypto uh, because it, it seems like a natural evolution for, for, for at least the infrastructure. Does it eventually supplant currency like traditional currencies? Is that where it's heading or uh, what it aspires it's, it to? It certainly seems like regulators are doing something with it. There's like regulation that they're trying to create to create these central, central bank, you know, fiat currencies. There's a modernization that needs to exist there as well, right? Like, the concept of paper money, like who wants to pay that? And who wants to use that anymore? Like I dread getting paid or having to pay in, in physical college, right. you know, COVID reasons. There's, <laughs> there's like Dude, this, this weekend I had a little yard work done at my house. I had a tree guy here and he wanted to be paid in cash. I had to go find an ATM. Yeah. Right. And I did. And then I couldn't remember my ATM password. <laughs> yeah. And fortunately my wife was with me and she remembered hers. And so we got some cash, but yeah. So it's yep. exactly. Yeah. And my, and my wallet is like this big, can't even it, it literally can't even fit cash. So yeah, I, I think you kind of have to, in my opinion, you kind of have to create a digital representation of fiat currency as well. And, you know, call that crypto, call it, a digital dollar. I don't really care, but like it, it should be, it should exist. And I think it should be transparent of how many, and there's that tracker in New York city that you see like what oh, yeah. our deficit is and how oh, it's quite depressing, is. you know, it kind of already exists. Right. So right. why not just hold people? And I, I think it would hold all of us accountable and people, including people that we put in office and you know, how we're, how we're allocating, certain certain initiatives and whatnot i think i think it, i think it's good i think it'll be good but. 
so now that we have all this kind of foundation, tie it all up with breach and and how it fits together. The theme is that more and more financial services companies have some bend into crypto, digital assets, blockchain technology, Web three, whatever you want to, however you want to define it. Um, and it's a mystery to the, the broader insurance industry on how to underwrite that, you know, what the risks might be, what the exposures might be, how do you price that? We're just uniquely positioned to do that. And that's where we're really leaning in uh, to make sure that as these industries adopt crypto and as crypto native companies that are standalone crypto that may be adopting financial services, you're seeing that as well, actually. It's both sides, right? So both of them should be paying attention to 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 who is trying to uh, really control the the, the rhetoric. It, it's it's a it's a massive risk transfer issue, and we're we're really trying to take the problem seriously and make sure that you know there's consumer protection in place. With and that comes via insurance and regulated insurance, importantly. I would think that the consumer protection aspect of it, I mean, it's mind-bogglingly huge. Yes. Right. Like Lee offline before we started today, brought up the FDIC. Yes. And you know, that he read, you know, something about the FDIC and crypto. And I mean, I mean, government agent, I mean, the, the opportunity for, uh, problems and abuse are, um, no smaller, in fact, larger, Mm -hmm. right. Than traditional financial networks Mm -hmm. that have been established, you know, for a century. And, um, so to be on the cutting edge of that, to be at the, the starting line, um, it has to be not only exciting, but kind of dizzying, right? I mean, wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, like few, I think there's few opportunities that you get to make like the insurance pie bigger, right? We're not just taking premiums from one and repositioning it. This isn't a distribution efficiency. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're making the pie bigger and we're creating jobs and, you know, and we're getting to work on an interesting problem and it just, it's, it's, it is not dizzying yet. Um, I think where I'm particularly proud of our team is like, we haven't gotten distracted. There's a lot of things that could dizzy you where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's exciting. That's on the press. You know, I get interviews and you know, you know, I get, I get reporters asking me like, Oh, so when, what, when's the metaverse insurance? I'm like, no, we'll, we'll research it, but I, I, I don't think we'll have anything remotely close to an insurance product for two years. There's so much yeah. low hanging fruit right. to work on right now. Right. If we chase every single opportunity that came to us, we would kill ourselves as a startup. You just cannot, because you also have to have the pragmatism to be able to say, you know what, this is like exciting, but it's not something that customers are wanting yet. It might be something that could be buzzworthy, uh, um, you have to be pragmatic, but pragmatic. disciplined. Yes. I mean, yes. because yeah, like you said, you're, you're in a toy store. Yes. And, um, there's all kinds of toys that you could play with. And so to, to sit down on the floor and just play with your one toy has got to be a little difficult. Um, when you're surrounded by shelves and shelves of other ones and new ones arriving every day. Right. I mean, we didn't even talk about all the crazy names that are out there uh, in this world. I mean, this conversation could go on and on and on, but, but just to, to bring this to a close so everybody knows. So we asked Ahab to be here today to talk about crypto. Thank you a lot for doing that. 
And we want everybody to know that we're paying him in crypto for this today. <laughs> he says, great. Thank you. <laughs> so if we wanted to do that, how could we do it? So I think the problem is that Rob still doesn't understand that crypto is a thing. <laughs> how could we do it? I wouldn't accept it. <laughs> you know, just, I could teach you. I'd love to, I'd love to get you into the system, but you know, beautiful. You know, beautiful. Um, we will we will close with that statement, um, which which might become part of our uh, new intro uh, every week to the podcast. All right, Rob, I wouldn't accept it from you. So <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, listen, thanks a ton for coming back. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're, you're probably the quickest two timer we've ever had. Cool. And just just remember when you're on our podcast. Uh, five times you get uh the five timer jacket. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get told about it. Um, yeah, we're still waiting to actually order them. Yeah, we don't. They're well, they're they're digital. <laughs> they're digital. <laughs> it's an NFT. There you it's go. An That's exactly. We need it. We need to create it. <laughs> there you go. We'll get Al on that. We'll leave it at that for today. Thanks for coming back. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me.